But I want to address you on the subject tonight of born of God. Born of God. I'm going to be reading from John chapter 1 verse 9 to 14. John chapter 1 verse 9 to 14. Uh, just while you're turning to it, uh, just to say that that song that Bisola sang earlier on in the service, she's been singing throughout uh, the day, and it's a special charity song. Uh, and um, you can get hold of that on iTunes or also we'll be selling them in the uh, foyer for five pounds and half of that will go directly to our no Naomi Children's Fund. That's the church's fund that helps underprivileged children uh, in the local area and also around the world. We'll be doing a lot actually to help the children in the area of the Grenfell disaster. There's an ongoing help. We've got presents for a, a lot of them as well. And, uh, and so that's just to let you know about that, that that's available. It'll be a great way to support our ministry to children. All right, John chapter 1 and verse 9. There was the true light, which coming into the world enlightens every man. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and those who were his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we saw his glory, glory as of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. You know, in Hark the Herald Angels Sing, there's a great verse that speaks about Mild he lays his glory by, born that men no more may die, born to raise the sons of earth, born to give them second birth. And in this passage that I just read from the beginning of John's Gospel, we see that two births are being spoken about. We saw at the end that the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. That's talking, of course, about the Messiah, Jesus who, as the Word of God, existed before the world was created. He has always existed. And so we read that he was in the world, and the world was made through him. Everything that was made was made through the Word. And then the great story of Christmas is that God the Father sends God the Son by the power of God the Holy Spirit conceiving in the womb of a young virgin girl, Jesus of Nazareth. The word that was in heaven miraculously came to us as a child in a virgin's room. It's the most remarkable miracle that you could ever think. And, and Jesus was born, of course, in a stable. It's amazing to think that in a humble stable, nobody even knew what was happening. The angels had to visit some shepherds to let them know the greatest event in the history of the universe had taken place. The Word had been made flesh and had been born of a virgin, a saviour for the whole world. 
a saviour for everyone, whatever tribe or nation or race that they come from, a saviour for every person, no matter what belief they were brought up in, Christianity, Hinduism, atheism, Islam, it doesn't matter where we've come from in our views, Jesus came to save all of us, no matter what religion we have found ourselves brought up in. And so here is Jesus born into the earth. And we've been singing that in carols, and this is what we're celebrating, the birth of the Messiah, the Word made flesh. Fully God, fully human. Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. But in this verse, we also realized that the birth of Jesus was going to bring about, eventually, a whole lot of other births. There was going to be millions and millions of other births that would come out of this miraculous birth of Jesus from Mary. But this birth was not a physical birth that Jesus was going to bring, but it was a supernatural spiritual birth. I just want to read it again from verse 12 in case you missed it. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God even to those who believe in his name. Now here it is. Who were born, not of blood, in other words, not a human birth, nor of the will of the flesh. In other words, this wasn't a human agency that caused this particular birth, nor of the will of man, but of God. Born of God, children of God, given the right through faith to be born of God. You don't have to read much into John's Gospel to find Jesus speaking a little bit more about this supernatural spiritual birth for his followers and those that believe in him. I'm going to read from John chapter 3 and verse 3. Jesus is discussing with Nicodemus, a great theologian, who says, we see your signs and we understand that you're a prophet come to bring us direction on how to live a better life for God. But Jesus says, whoa, 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 wait a second. Uh, this far more powerful than what you think my ministry. I haven't just come to show you a better way. I have come to show you a better way. I haven't just come to bring miracles into people's lives. I have come to bring miracles in people's lives, but I've come for a greater purpose for humankind that they would be born again. And he says to them, true, in verse 3, Jesus answered and said, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus took this in a natural form and said, how can a man be born when he's old? He can't enter a second time into his mother's womb, can he? And be born? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and of spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of spirit is spirit. Do not be amazed that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wills, and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from and where it is going. So is everyone who's born of the Spirit. Nicodemus thought Jesus was speaking about another natural birth. He wasn't. 
Jesus was speaking about something as is important as a natural birth. In fact, more important, he was speaking about a spiritual, supernatural birth. He said, look, Nicodemus, yeah, flesh gives birth to flesh. Light gives birth to like. Physical bodies give birth to physical bodies. But he says there's a spiritual birth that takes place. And then he says this, the wind blows where it wills. Now, that word wind, you can translate as spirit. The word pneuma can mean wind. This is the Greek word, pneuma, in the New Testament. It was written in original Greek. can mean wind or spirit. So you could read, the spirit blows where it wishes. And then he says, so everyone who is born of the spirit. This is talking about a supernatural, miraculous work of God in the deepest part of a human being being born again. We call it regeneration. Regeneration. You've been generated once, you're regenerated. Born to give them second birth. You know, you were born into this world. And when you were born into this world, well, you had nothing really much to do about it. Uh, you were birthed by your mother. And uh, you come out, and there you are, you're helpless, but you're now entered into a new realm. You're born. But Jesus says that that's not enough for you to get into the kingdom of heaven. Jesus didn't come just to give us a new moral code. Jesus didn't come just to renovate what's already there. Uh, let me put it like this. Jesus didn't come to give us a spiritual heart surgery. But the Old Testament says that Jesus didn't come to take the heart of human beings, their spiritual heart, and try and give them heart surgery. But Jesus came to take out the old heart and put inside our lives a brand new heart. How many people here are born again? Lift your hand. Born again. Well, that's a wonderful testimony. And I've got a word for those that aren't sure whether they're born again, but I've also got a word for those of you that claim to be born again. If you are born again, are you living out of your new birth? Because the Bible says that when you're born again, a miracle takes place in the deepest part of you. When it takes place, you may not be aware of it. You know, when a, 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 a woman conceives and that child is deep within them, uh, in the first few days, they're not aware that something has been, if I can put the phrase, born inside them. Uh, they're not aware of it. Uh, Christian mentioned earlier about how they found out about one of their children. You get one of those little things, don't you? And it's the blue-pink test, isn't it? And then you go, oh, I'm pregnant. Well, you weren't pregnant the moment that you'd done, done the test kit, were you? You were pregnant before that, but the test kit, or that little thing, tells you that you are pregnant. When God does a miracle in your life, when he causes you to be born all over again on the inside, in the beginning, you don't even realize he's done it. Something powerful, miraculous, has taken place by the Spirit of God on the deepest part of you, 
But at that precise moment, you don't even realize it's happened to you. Like a woman who has conceived, she now has a tiny embryo in her womb, but she doesn't know that she's got that embryo in her womb. What will happen is she'll take a test later on, or, or the embryo will go, and then you'll begin to see the signs that a woman is pregnant, that, that there is a new uh, human being within her womb. All truth is parallel. And that means that when Jesus says you must be born again, or that when we are born again, not by our own agency, not by our own will, it says not by the will of man or the flesh, but when we are born again by the direct intervention and agency of the Holy Spirit who comes and inside us, he creates a new you. A new you that you don't in the beginning even know that's been born there. What an incredible statement and doctrine, the doctrine of regeneration. If any person is in Christ, they are a new creation. Now, when God causes you to be born again, a new creation, it's a miracle. And you will soon find out about that because it affects, will begin to be shown. Just like when a woman conceives, as that embryo grows, they become more and more aware until, until you're ready to give birth. Well, so when God causes you to be born again, things will begin to change in your life. How many remember the time when they didn't love Jesus, they didn't want anything to do with Christ, they weren't interested in spiritual things? I remember when I was like that. As a young child, I was very close to the things of God. But in the as a teenager, I turned from God and became an atheist. And I wasn't interested in any of the things of God. And when I got forced to go to church, I hated it. And when I did RE, uh, I found I was good with the scriptures. So I did it at A level as well. But I was reading these things, but they never meant anything to me. Christians were witnessing to me, but it just went over my head. I wasn't interested in what they were saying. I didn't really understand what they saying. said it made no impact on, on me at all. I remember when I used to work as a Saturday boy in Argos Superstores. The, the, the person that was in charge of it, he was a born-again Christian. I thought it was a bit weird. Nice but weird. That's what we are, nice but weird. I thought he was a bit weird, and he knew that I was doing John's Gospel at A-level. Because I told him, he asked what A-Loves are doing, he was a good manager. And uh, I was in his office one time, he was just chatting to me, and he said, so you're doing John's Gospel, are you? I said, yep, yep, we're doing it, going right through it and everything. Or, he said, what about John 3.16? I said, pardon? John 3.16, it's the most famous verse in the Bible. I said, well, I'm studying John, and I have no idea what that is. And he, and he said to me, for God so loved the world that he sent his only son that whoever believed in him should have eternal life. And I thought to myself, so? <laughs> I was dead to the things of God at that time. But then there came a time where there began inside me to be a little bit of an awakening. Things of God began to prey on my mind a little bit. I didn't dismiss what I was reading as, as quickly as I had done before. When I went for an interview at university at Durham, before I went into the interview, I went into the cathedral. I wasn't a Christian. I was an atheist. 
But I sat down in one of the prayer areas of the cathedral. No one was around. And I found myself, I mean, I literally found myself saying this as an atheist, God, if you get me into Durham, I'll serve you all the days of my life. <laughs> what? That's what I said. And then I felt a real stillness surround me. I thought, that's a bit weird. And then I went, and uh, I got in, and I forgot all about it. <laughs> but it came out of me. I, seriously, I thought, where did that come from? But it felt genuine. And then in the first term, I got more and more, I just became more and more awakened to the things of God. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Well, I don't know when the moment was that I was born again, but that's my experience of beginning to feel its effects. And it got stronger and stronger until the time when, I guess you could say, I took the pregnancy test. I know I'm mixing meta metaphors. And I was at a meeting where a VJ Menon evangelist was speaking, and at the end he said, if anybody wants to become a Christian and follow the Lord, they should write their names on a bit of, pe bit of piece of paper. That was the moment I had a pregnancy test, and I realized that I'd been born, born again, when I put my name down. My faith had finally reached that point. Can I ask those of you that lifted your hands and said that you were born again, can you look at your life? I mean, maybe you, you were brought up as a Christian and, and it was slightly different for you, but there was still that time when, when you found that something clicked between you and Jesus, correct? But others of you, you might have a bit more of a testimony like me, where you remember a time when you weren't interested, you didn't care, you hated God, or you were just indifferent to God. But then there were the signs slowly coming. It could have taken days, months, sometimes it feels like years, but there was that sort of an awakening for you to God. That's what it means to be born again. You might be here tonight and born again and you didn't even realize it. You say, you might be here tonight and you say, you know, a year ago you'd never have seen me in a carol service. And I'm a guest and here I am and I'm singing the songs and these songs actually mean something to me. Could this be a sign that you are born again and that you are feeling the awakenings deep down inside of a new you that's wanting to come out of the old you and follow Christ. You see, when you're born again, there's a new you deposited deep in your heart. And you say, well, what happens to the old you? Well, the old you remains there, but it's no longer the who you are. When God causes you to be born again, that's when you begin to discover who God wants you to be. He doesn't want you to be the old person that you are. He didn't want me to be the old person I was. Uh, I'm not going to go into that old person. We say he was an atheist and other things. That's not what God wanted me to be. He wanted me to be the person that he, he had designed me to be. And therefore, he needed to give me a new nature so that I could become the person that he designed me to be. Because the old me, the old man, is dominated by sin, dominated by unbelief. The old man was useless 
in coming to God. I couldn't love God if I tried, and I didn't even try. I couldn't have followed God if I'd wanted to, and I didn't want to. If I'd wanted religion in my life, I would have never chosen the true religion of Jesus and the Holy Spirit and the Father. I'd have gone down a man-made route, because my man-fallen nature could only respond to earthly things. I needed to be born from above. You need to be born from above. And then the rest of your life, when you realize that you're born again, the rest of your life is a process of self-discovery. Discovering who you really are. Getting off the old you that's gone, although, still, although your mind still rakes him up again. The Bible says that the old man or the old person, the old you, has been buried with Christ. But sometimes it feels like we're uh, digging him or her up again, again and again, if you're a Christian. You see, let me use this illustration. It's a little bit like this. It's a little bit like having a beautiful car. Maybe it's a nice vintage car. It depends how old you really are, because you're the car. But there's a beautiful car. Uh, but the engine is old and tired. It doesn't work. It keeps breaking down. And every time you try and drive this car or try and make this car go, it's faulty, it doesn't work, it leaks oil, it breaks down, the engine's no good. And so what happens is you take that car into a car mechanics and they say the engine's shot. What about the body? Oh, that's fine, we can do something with that, but the engine's shot. So what do they do? They take out the old engine that doesn't work, and they throw it away. And then they put in a brand new turbo-boosted engine, top of the line, under the bonnet. You put the bonnet down, everybody who knows you still thinks you're in the old car with the old engine until you put your foot down on the accelerator and burn everybody off. <laughs> and they go, what happened to you? You're just the same on the outside, yeah, but I've got a new engine on the inside. That's what it means to be born again, to have a new engine on the inside. Trouble is, some of us still try to work out of the old engine that's been taken out, with the old mindset, the old thinking, the old unbelieving ways. It's like our mind has to catch up to the new engine that's been put inside us, we are born again. We are born of God. We have potential. We have ability to know God and follow God, to commune with God, to do the works of God. We have the ability to grow and mature and become the person that deep down we desire to be, following the God that deep down we know to be true. What a wonderful thing to be born again as we live out of the new power, the new nature, and see ourselves becoming who we really are. How many Christians here today? You might not be perfect, but you've changed since what you used to be before you were saved. Amen. You're a work in process. You're learning how powerful this divine engine is within you and what it can do. And you're putting it into gear. And so to be born again is at the heart of the Christian experience. You say, what is a Christian? Is it somebody that believes the Bible? It's more powerful than that. What is it a Christian? Is it someone who loves their neighbor? It's more powerful than that. 
What is it a Christian? Is it someone who asks God to forgive their sins? It's more powerful than that. What is a Christian? Is it someone that goes to church and sings hymns? It's more powerful than that. What is a Christian? A Christian is someone that's had their sins forgiven and had a new engine put down in the deepest part of their lives to live a new life in a new way. The old has gone, the new has come. Discard the old ways, the old plans, the old you. Bury that life and keep it underground and begin to let the Holy Spirit and the Word of God allow, put into gear that new engine. I'll finish on this. You can have a car with manual gears. I have a car with manual gears. I can turn that car on and engage the engine. And then if I start putting my foot on the accelerator... I can press that accelerator and I can rev that engine till it's making a humongous noise. But nothing's going to happen until I put that engine into gear. Once I put that engine into gear, all that latent power suddenly drives my life forward. How do you put your born-again born nature into gear? You put it in by believing God's word and putting God's word to work. You do it by communing with God and being obedient to God. Every time you trust God, you've just put your engine into gear. Every time you've prayed, you've just put your engine into gear and power is released. Every time you go God's way, you've just put your engine into gear and you've been driving forward.